Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. So God, we just thank you um, that your grace covers everything. I just thank you for uh, drawing us out and just like a raw, a raw worship that um, changes us. And so just, uh, yeah, I just pray that you would speak through me and that, um, yeah, a few things would stick. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. So... We are tracking, plugging along in Matthew today. We're in Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, and um, this is actually a Palm Sunday message. You usually would hear this the the week before Easter, um, this this part of the text. So um, you might have heard this many, many times, but I'm hoping we um, can have a fresh look at at this text. So... Before I jump in, though, I want to I want to s- remind us of something Brady said last week. Who was who was here when Brady taught last week? It was pretty um, pretty powerful. And the thing that really <clears throat> stuck out to me was where where he had us imagine in our mind's eye the presidential motorcade going into an inauguration and deciding to stop because he saw somebody on the side of the road that needed to petition him. And just thinking about that, like Jesus stopping his procession to two guys on the side of the road that are blind, making space for them and healing them. And that was just like, what he said was, no work you or I or any of us will ever do is going to be more important than the work Jesus is going to. Like where he is headed to is the most important thing that has happened in history. And yet he stops for two blind guys on the side of the road and heals them. And he said that that is a micro expression of what God wants the kingdom to look like in your life. To stop what you think is the most important and make space for people that most people don't think are important. Um, and for me, as I'm like rushing all the time, I feel like I my life is on super speed and as I'm rushing and need help stopping and noticing who's in front of me, just also making space for the Holy Spirit to tell me what's next. So I really, um, I really appreciated that. And I really appreciate like imagery and imagination. So I want to do a little bit of that again today as we um, see Jesus going into the heart of the city, going into Jerusalem. So I'm going to set us up a little bit before I read the text. Um, So it's Passover time. Jesus is going into the city during Passover. And Passover is a time when the people of Israel are remembering that they were rescued out of slavery. um, And they uh, are celebrating that. They're celebrating that they were rescued. And also, at the same time, they are being oppressed by the Romans. Um, And there's like a palpable feeling in this city, like something that you can tangibly feel as Jesus is walking 
into Jerusalem. There's an energy in the city that's undeniable, and they think that he's going to um, take, take, take charge, take rule, flip over the political systems of the day and become their king. And I was trying to think about a time that we would really... Um, that we would really connect with as a body of a time in a city or a time in our lives when there was like this urgency or a, like there's a feeling like palpable that um, a tangible energy and what I could think of not really um, not commenting I'm not commenting all, at all on like the politics of this but is the um, 1992 LA riots. And um, if, if you guys don't know, <clears throat> four officers were acquitted for the beating of Rodney King. And um, so for six days in Los Angeles, there was riots and marches and 55 people died. Um, 2,000 were injured, 11,000 people arrested, over a billion dollars of property damage. And <clears throat> the LAPD could not control the situation so that Army National Guard and other agencies are called in to like calm the situation down. But people were wanting change in a system that had failed them and, uh, and asking for justice. And then so, so we're seeing this triumphal entry, we're seeing this really peaceful, a beautiful peaceful walk of Jesus into Jerusalem, but like this can turn ugly super quick. Like, they want a military uh, victory. They want to be saved from oppression. So that kind of feeling, the energy of something's going to change. I'm not going to be impressed. Over, I'm not going to be oppressed anymore. My, my salvation is coming. So that's where I want your head as we read this. Eric Mathis, I haven't asked you to do this, but will you read the text for me? Can I answer your question at the end? Yeah. Okay, thank you, sweet friend. Um, I want you to read up there. Is that okay? And everybody close your eyes and try to imagine this in your mind's eye. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Thank you. 
The crowd is shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And they're, they're following Jesus. They're walking behind him. They've laid their coats on the ground in palm branches. And they're, they're behind him. They've got his back. They think they're um, about to take over the city. And I think it's really interesting what Jesus is saying about himself here. This isn't, a, this isn't a stealth operation like we've kind of seen him been, being operated in in the past. He's been healing people and telling them to be quiet about it. He's been um, kind of operating on the outskirts of the city, uh, not really going into the heart of it. So this is, this is a definite shift in, in Jesus. what Jesus has been doing. It's, it's uh, very strategic. He knows he's heading to his death and he's making a statement and establishing his identity as the son of God. And he rides in on a donkey. And I think this should have been a clue that something's a little off. It's like he's riding in, he's rolling up in a Prius (laughs) instead of like a Hummer, right? He doesn't have a big motor cage. He doesn't have troops. He rides in on an ass with these motley crew behind him, very humble. And uh, the people's response is like super beautiful. Oops, super beautiful. Um, They lay their coats on the ground. Who, first of all, has anybody, have, have you, has anybody in this room ever done that? You've done that, you've done that? I was just going to ask, or has somebody done it for you? Okay, we have to have one story. You want to share? You laid your coat on the ground for somebody. I have to hear about this. It was, uh, it was super icy, and she was getting out of the car, and I knew she could probably slip, so I just, you know, it was my grandma, so that's different, but I just took it off so that she wouldn't slip as she got out of the car. Yeah. What about, do you have, did you, have you laid your coat on the ground for somebody? It was a reenactment of this. (laughs) Oh, you're funny. Okay, and then has anybody ever laid, has anybody laid a coat on the ground for you? They have. Will you tell me about it a little bit? Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, because I've never done that, and I don't think of a time that I would do that. I, I mean, I can't really think of a time that I would do that. And I, and I have a t- like I have a closet full of coats. This is the this is these people's only covering, only garment, and they're laying it on the ground following Jesus. And the palm branches they're laying on the ground is remembering a time 200 years ago for them when Judas Maccabeus came into the city after defeating a pagan army and they laid, laid palm branches on the ground. So this is the kind of ruler that these people are expecting. And they're shouting, Hosanna. 
which is from Psalms 18.25, which just, Hosanna means, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. And at the end, they're all following Jesus and saying, they, the people of the city ask, who is this? And they, he says, the people say, this is the prophet Jesus of Nazareth in Galilee. So reminding people, there's, there's been prophetic um, things in the Old Testament that ha- have said, like, Jesus is going to come from Nazareth in Galilee. So they're saying, like, this is the dude. This is the guy that's going to be the Messiah. Like, follow us. Change is happening. Will you put up that uh, N.T. Wright quote? They wanted a Messiah, but this one was going to be enthroned on a pagan cross. They wanted to be rescued from evil and oppression, but Jesus was going to rescue them from evil in its full depths, not just the surface evil of the Roman occupation and exploitation of the rich, precisely because Jesus says yes to their desire at the deepest level, he will have to say no or wait to what they are conscious of and have expressed. And this crowd is going to be disappointed, and those who are yelling Hosanna, some will be yelling crucify him. But this, this moment in our tradition, in our history, is our salvation and their salvation dawning. Jesus' choice. He's walking into the city, knowing he's going to make some big waves, and like there's no turning back. This is a Troy. A Troy. Uh, when Troy gave me some notes on this, he said, uh, I don't know if he coined this or he heard it somewhere. I don't know. He said, There's a huge difference between Jesus, have your way, and Jesus, do what I say. There's a huge difference between Jesus, have your way, and Jesus, do what I say. There's a huge difference between your will be done and my will be done. So there's a lot of times in my life when God tells me no or wait or um, is moving too slow for my liking, is not moving at all, or actually is doing the exact opposite of what I think I need or want. And that's kind of what's happening to these people, doing the exact opposite of what I think or want. Um, the, the, the realest, hardest example is of, um, we lost our son, Alden, about six months ago last week. And uh, I still don't understand the purpose of that or what um, God was doing or asking us. Um, and it's really affected how um, my trust in the Lord in terms of, especially, so we have a daughter, Lucia, she's two years old. Um, I lost, he was, I was seven months pregnant and we lost him. And uh, it's really affected how I trust the Lord with Lucia. And uh, this is something that it feels like I just have to keep giving back to God and saying like, you are Lord. 
You are Savior. And the deepest part of me, I, I, I need to trust you and give this back to you and give her to you again and again. Um, so and this could be many things in your life, wanting partnership, advancement, health, favor, um, just not money, not understanding why God hasn't come through on those things, but we have to believe that his yes to our deepest level of the need to salvation covers the things that he says no or wait for. So we're super small today. I'm happy about that. I would really love us to, um, if you're new, welcome to our family. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to pray for each other um, a little bit in an intimate way if that's... um, that feels uncomfortable. I'm happy to pray with you. Um, but what I want to do is just sit for a minute and ask the Lord to reveal in our hearts where we have lost hope and almost are saying, instead of Hosanna in the highest, we're saying crucify him. And uh, ask him to reveal that to us. And teach us how to surrender again. So I'm just going to pray over us for a minute. And then I'm going to have us break up into groups. And um, pray together. So Holy Spirit come. I just pray that we would open our hands. And help us understand. um, How to do that. In areas that. It's really hard to make you Lord. And if we're disappointed in you because of finances or missing um, partnership, wanting a life partner or to be advanced in our career or for good health or favor, just gotta just pray you would bring up a few things in our hearts that you want us to lay down again. So we're just going to take about 10 minutes, get into groups of two or three. And I, as God has revealed that to you, I, I would love for you guys to pray um, for the Lord to show you where he is at in this. In your trouble, where, where is the Lord present? What is he saying? And then for us to pray over each other, Hosanna in the highest. Like, your Lord over this. Help, like, help each other give this burden back to the Lord. So, does that make sense? Do people have questions about this? You have a question. What is it? Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, it's a town. It's a town. That's okay. So break up into, you can kind of spread out upstairs, down here. I'm going to bring us back together in about 10 minutes, and we'll stand up and pray together. But right now, I just want us to, as God has revealed where you need to 
make him Lord in your life again. Ask him where he's at in that and then proclaim together, help each other. I just feel like in community, we need each other to be able to remind us that God is good in our lives even when we don't feel it. So we'll break up, do that, and then I'll, I'll call us back together in about 10 minutes, okay? Cool.